Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I am your host today, Sarah Fennell, and I am excited to introduce you to as she likes to be called, Coach JVB. Jennifer is a leading global fitness expert, has helped thousands of people lose weight, and to date has helped them lose over 20,000 pounds. She is a fitness model and was named Canada's most hot and fit woman by Inside Fitness Magazine for 2016. And she's such an inspiration, not just from a coach perspective, not just from a modeling perspective, but she is a very, very smart businesswoman. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about branding, we're going to talk about marketing, social media, and what it really takes to build and run an online business. She gives so much insightful knowledge into the back-end work, starting from scratch. She has an inspirational story, and I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. It's really an honor to be chatting with you today. I'm actually so excited. We've been friends on social media for quite some time. I know. I know, I know. And, you know, I just had to have you on because you're definitely someone who I've looked up to uh, as far as a a woman entrepreneur and who really just keeps things so classy and and so inspirational for women. So I just want to thank you for doing that for our industry. Oh, thank you. That really means a lot. Thanks very much. (laughs) Awesome. So I have so much I want to ask and so much I want to talk to. I mean, like I said, we've been following each other for a while, but I really don't know, you know, much about your your background story or how you really got into to doing what you're doing. So I'd love for you to give me some insight on that. Yeah, I actually started at a really young age. Um, I became a certified personal trainer at the age of 18. And uh, I trained clients at a local gym. I would train in the morning and then I would go to university during the day and then come back and train at night. So my days were quite long. Um, But looking back, back, it really gave me a solid foundation on how I work with clients to this very day. And also a very early teaching on how to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) Um, After that, after university, I actually landed um, my dream job at the biggest sports supplement and weight loss company at the time. So I started at a really entry-level position. Uh, I was on the phones, and I had to learn about all of the supplements, the bodybuilding supplements and the weight loss supplements. Uh, So that was quite a learning experience. And then shortly after that, um, I was promoted to become a trade show coordinator. So I I was coordinating, like, some of the biggest fitness shows in our industry, so, like, the Arnold's and the Olympia and Europa and uh, the LA Fitness Expo. And I was, at that point, I was really engulfed in the fitness industry and I started making connections. And that's when I started to dabble in, uh, in fitness modeling. So at that point in my life, I was getting some pretty bad dieting and training advice. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I would like really diet down hard, like cut my carbs, um, overdue cardio. Uh, one day I was training a client and I actually fainted while training him. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. And at that point I was like, this has got to be like wrong here. Um, so I decided to go back to school for uh, nutrition. So I went to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and uh, I became a registered holistic nutrition. And I just wanted to learn more about food and the body as a whole and you know, treating, using food as fuel and medicine and uh, not eliminating food groups and depriving yourself Mm -hmm. as I was before. But ironically, at that time, my husband and I, he was my boyfriend at the time, but we were still getting these contracts from uh, the dieting supplement companies and they were for dieting campaigns. So basically we had to find women that needed to lose over 30 pounds. And I basically had to diet them down really hard in 12 weeks. And so they would lose the weight and then we would shoot their after photos. 
And one day I was walking, I was at the grocery store and I bumped into a woman who I had dieted down for a major campaign and uh, she unfortunately had gained all the weight back and her daughter was with her. And she said, oh my God, Jenny, it's so great to run into you. Can you please, uh, can you please uh, give me a program again? I really need to lose the weight again. And uh, her daughter turned to her and said, no, mommy, please. The last time you went on a diet, you know, you were, you were so grumpy. You couldn't eat anything. You were no fun. And honestly, when I heard that and I heard her, like her little daughter say that it was like a light bulb went off. I felt horrible. And I had turned to my Vince at the time, my husband, and I said, I don't want to take these, like dieting, I don't want to take these contracts anymore. Mm. I want to do this on my own. Um, I want to teach women how to get healthy, happy, and fit in the same way. And uh, a way that's like maintainable and sustainable for life. And uh, going on six years now, I have been doing that, and I've been helping thousands of women um, maintain and sustain a healthy way of living, mind and body. So, uh, mm. and that's my pride and joy. <laughs> that's why I started the business. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got total goosebumps when you just told that story there, because sometimes we don't realize the the impact that we have in people's lives you know we, sometimes we only see just the transformation side and we don't see the other side of, of that lifestyle or even the repercussions after they've been you know quote unquote like off of a program yeah yeah like it's it's and, and that's the one thing I try to teach my clients now like if there's not an end date mm. like you shouldn't just want to lose weight and then that's it you know like we, we have to make we have to make other goals. We have to make this a way of, of your life and a way of living. And after becoming a mom, like I feel like it's even more important because I would never want Jackson to see me dieting. And I don't want any of my clients, kids to see them always dieting and, and miserable, you know? So mm-hmm. I love that. But that's such an inspirational story. And that, like that, that's such a great drive for you as well. And I'm sure like that up leveled you as, as a coach and as for your integrity as well too. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My, I, I, I was very much the same way. You know, I was heavily into the, the competing world and taking clients through competition prep. And then I got to the point where my ideology of nutrition changed and I just, I couldn't take people through such extreme measures anymore. And it, you get to this point where you're like, well, I'm running a business and this is how I predominantly make my money, but what I'm doing with people's bodies and perhaps that, that, that negative mindset that they're getting, it just, there, there comes a point of integrity where you're like, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why one of my, like, it's a company policy is to never really, um, share how long it took that person to lose weight because I feel like it makes people feel really really bad and everybody has their own journey and you know there's so many variables that come into when a person wants to transform and I feel like that's not something that should really be highlighted mm-hmm. because it you know just it makes people feel bad you know if they, if they can't achieve that in a certain period of time and it's also sometimes not maintainable and sustainable to lose that amount of weight in a short period of time like you know if somebody says they lost 50 pounds in a couple months like where are they today have they still cut that weight off yeah 100% and i mean i think you know we have instagram to blame a little bit it's such a visually uh a visual and everybody wants these massive transformations and the competing world has come up and everybody does these 12 week preps. And like what you said, for some people, it's just, it's not maintainable or even possible to have that massive transformation in that short amount of time. No. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So you went back to school for holistic nutrition. I took that course as well. Loved it. Totally changed my life. Um, What are some major takeaways from that that changed your ideology of like dieting or nutrition? The one thing is, I would say, paying attention to your digestion and elimination. (laughs) Um, I feel like so many people that are in the bodybuilding industry and, and the competitive world, they don't pay attention to how they're actually digesting the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and also having a wide variety of 
like whole foods, like not just eating the same thing every single day. Um, and that's another thing that I've seen in the, in the fitness industry, people just eating the same thing, chicken and, and sweet potato and, you know, broccoli, and they'll have that consistently for 12 weeks. So you really need to feed your body with a wide range of nutrients and switch it up often. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I, I love, I love that. And like what you're saying about the fitness industry, it's not, and when I got into it, like that was my first experience into weight loss or body transformation, body transformation. And a lot of people think just because they're looking better, they're getting healthier. And sometimes it can yeah. be the complete opposite. Exactly. Yeah. And also to really listen to your body. And like, if there's days where I don't want to, I don't feel like eating meat and I just want to a little bit of reset, reset, I'll listen to my body. And, and it, I guess learn, unless learning that course really made me more in tune with how I feel and, and even being in tune with the seasons of the year and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I love that. So when you decided to stop taking on these contracts of, of these massive transformations, how did you go about going out on your own and, and starting your own brand? What were those initial steps for you? So initially what I did was I just started running these little boot camps <laughs> and I laugh now because I, w- I started in the summer. So I was like holding these little boot camps at parks and I, t- there was like maybe three or four people that would show up, but I kept doing them <laughs> and I held a boot camp also at a, a local gym and that was quite a big boot camp. I held it every Saturday morning. So one day the regulars that would always come every Saturday, I proposed like a little transformation challenge. Like they were already, I had, I had them already eating pretty healthy and I had already set up their training. So they've been doing it for a while. And, um, I set up like 12 weeks that I would get them prepped in a sane way, of course, because they were already doing it. And we shot, my husband rented a camera. So we shot their before pictures and then 12 weeks after we shot their after photos and, I just started sharing them on Facebook and Facebook was a little bit more friendlier back then. So to be honest, when I shared a transformation, I would get like 10 to 20 inquiries. Mm -hmm. We literally grew our business in less than six months to six figures. Like that's pretty much all I did was we just really featured their story, their transformation. And that was that. Mm -hmm. I I love that. That's so amazing. And a lot of people don't understand that concept of social proof or or highlighting your clients. And especially when it comes to social media marketing and what I tell a lot of my my business coaching clients is like, it's not about you. It's not about you. If you want business, it's not about you. (laughs) You were so right. Yeah. So, and that's and I really did focus on um, just helping them and sharing their stories. I actually, I think I probably did that a little bit too much because people ended up not really knowing enough about me. So I did have to start opening up a little bit more mm-hmm. um, as my business progressed. But yeah, that's, I, I call them the 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 OGs because they were like my seven transformations that really completely changed my business and grew my business. Mm-hmm. I love it. So you said that was back in maybe the beginning of the Facebook days or when Facebook was more friendly. How have you seen social media change for your marketing purposes over the years? A lot. <laughs> um, like, our, So when I started my Facebook business page, that's basically how I started my business. Um, I didn't have an email list. I there wasn't really any other social media platforms I was using at the time. I probably should have started YouTube, but I, I didn't. Um, and when I post, when I would post something on my business page, we would get between 10,000 and 20,000 views on the post. And I had very little fans at the time, maybe, you know, maybe around 3000 fans, but you could tell Facebook was getting my content, my content out there. So over the years, as you've probably seen, the algorithms change and, you know, nobody sees stuff anymore. So I've had to definitely take advantage of other social media uh, platforms and really start um, an email list and, and writing more content-based blogs um, and just being more creative about it. 
Yeah. It, it's interesting how social media has changed. And I was like you, I started my business on Facebook and it was awesome. I was working as a dental hygienist and I was like, I'm just going to start putting myself out there as, as this coach and start help, start helping women. And it was, it was so easy. And I, within a month I had 30 clients and I was like, wow, I kind of just created this whole new job for myself. This is awesome. And slowly over the years as social media changed and you really need to have your head on a swivel nowadays for what's happening with algorithms and, and what gets seen and like what you said, getting more creative absolutely and I think video too like well I notice when I when I, if I do a Facebook live that will get a lot of views now um and just videos alone will get more views so it's just different ways to communicate your message now that you have to take advantage of and I think you know video is a is the future right? video is so. huge and I think I mean I kind of started doing very very amateur Facebook or YouTube stuff back in 2010 and I'm, I'm glad I did that now because it has helped my my speaking ability it has helped my ability to be in front of a camera and be on video because video is king now and if you Absolutely. if you want to connect with your audience more I feel like video will gain that know like and trust way faster than than a static post Absolutely. Absolutely. And YouTube also is like an asset for your business because it's always there. Mm. <laughs> so searchable, searchable social platform, right? Whereas Facebook posts and Instagram posts get lost. Yes. 100%. Right. So with, with social media changing, where would you say majority of your business or newer, newer leads or newer clients come from nowadays? What, uh, what marketing stream? They'll come through my blog. And they'll also come through my email list. So over the past couple years, I've had to learn to build an email list. Um, so we got that up to um, about 10,000 now. So I write an email every day and really my inquiries will come from directly from my email list. Mm-hmm. Take me back to when you started building your email list. What was that like from scratch where you had absolutely no one? Sure. Yeah, it was fucking hard because <laughs> I just had Jackson and uh, uh, my husband and I both run the business. So he's like, you know, we both started seeing the shift and we're like, shoot, like we got to get on this. And uh, we we did hire a business coach. We hired uh, Bedros and Craig. They were holding mastermind meetings at the time. So we joined this mastermind meeting and we basically had to learn everything from scratch. So we did have some assistance there. But you did have to do all the learning on your own and the execution on your own. Um, So we had the guidance, but we had to do everything else on our own. Uh, And it took us, looking back, it took us about a year to get all the, to know all the lingo and to actually um, get a couple opt-ins going and uh, get the ball rolling there. But yeah, it took, it took us about a year. I'm not sure if it's because we had Jackson and everything else was slower. <laughs> I was a new mom too, so. Mm-hmm. You're learning a different a different language, like what you said, and it's a, it's a different style of communication. And I think even just the patience for the building as well. When, yeah. when you want to send an e- email, you're like, crap, I'm talking to 10 people. What's the point of this? Is kind of the mentality I find a lot of people will go to. Um, but if you don't start somewhere and if you don't start building, it's like, it's like building a following on social media as well. It's, you know, there's ways to speed it up, but if it's that consistency that will build that long-term vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had no idea what an opt-in was, you Mm -hmm. know, so it was was quite a big learning curve, but, um, yeah, I I would say, I would say it could take anybody, it it took us a, a full year to grasp everything, but. If you had, if you had the time, you could do it in a shorter period of time for sure. Mm-hmm. So what were some big things that you did to really grow that list? So you said you had opt-ins. What were you asking people to opt in for? So, and this changed all the time. So a couple of our opt-ins have been a five-day uh, reset. So basically like a five-day reset, recharge diet, um, you know, to get their digestion improving and elimination improving and and uh, so that was that was quite a big opt-in we collected about 5,000 emails off of that one um, currently I have a 10-day busy mom meal plan and that's really cool 
that's a really good opt-in and I like the people that are coming on the list because those are the people that I actually want to talk to um, just teaching moms how to prioritize themselves but I think the first opt-in I ever did was like 10, 10 protein shake recipes mm-hmm. <laughs> which wasn't very good <laughs> It's funny looking back to it's funny looking back to the earlier days. You're like, oh god, like people actually signed in for that, or oh, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> it just yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It's like, nope, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I love looking back because you see how much how much growth you've had, and it's it's just such a learning experience, and to realize how far you've actually come. Absolutely, and you know, making mistakes is is part of the game and you just have to learn from them and keep going mm-hmm. so you said your focus now is, is moms and I'm sure it, it comes from your own experience why is it such a passion for you to help moms because well when when I became a mom I found it so so difficult like I looking back before I had Jackson when we started the business we had all the time in the world so we would feel creative and we would we would be able to work any, any time of the day. When Jackson came into the picture, it was a shit show because <laughs> you just have to, like, they become the boss. Um, you don't prepare yourself for the sleepless nights and how you're going to feel, and you just don't prepare yourself with the lack of time. So everything had to change. Like, the way I ate, the way I trained, the way I worked, everything had to change when I had him. So going through that and going through that transition – um, and the hardships really made me find my voice and who I wanted to talk to and share these experiences with. And it was other moms going through the exact same thing. And I wanted to teach them how to learn to prioritize themselves again. Like not, they don't have to feel tired and run down all the time. And when they just take maybe half an hour out of their day to do a workout at home or to prep some healthy meals, they're going to feel so much better and they're going to feel happy and healthy. And I feel if mom is happy and healthy, the entire family will benefit. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what led me into just wanting to teach moms just from what I, like my experience and what I've got, what I went through with having Jackson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's challenging. How long did it take you to really get your bearings and get back on your feet after having a baby and running a brand and feeling like, you know, you had your life together again? Um, I think it's a diff- it's just a different life. So it, it took me about, I would say six months to a year to really accept my new life. Mm. <laughs> um, and I chose to nurse. So that's another whole like job on its own so I, I actually nursed him like for a year and a half so he had to be with me a lot of the times um but it did it took me about six 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 months to a year to like grasp everything and um basically just I, I had to roll with it like I, I had to like we had a gym in our in our basement and sometimes I couldn't even get down to the gym so I would just bring a kettlebell up to the family room and Jackson wasn't a really good sleeper. So whenever he fell asleep, I would get a little quick workout in and that's sort of what I want to teach moms that, that they can do as well, you know, Mm -hmm. take advantage of the little bits of time in your day. So if there's, if there's any moms listening right now who perhaps were in your situation, are, are in the situation that you're in where they're, they're burnt out, their baby's just gone down, they're tired, maybe they have a little space to do some exercise, but they're burnt out and they just don't feel like doing it. What are some words of encouragement to, to motivate them to, to focus on themselves during that short period of time? I would say to think about how they're going to feel after, like you're always going to feel when you're not moving and you're bogged down, you're not going to feel good. Once you start to move a little bit, you'll feel better. You'll feel energized. So I tell them to play out the whole tape, (laughs) meaning like try to think about how they're going to feel after they do a a little workout, even though they're feeling like if they're sick, of course, like, you know, take a rest, take some time down, but try to really fast forward and, and, and let them envision how they're going to feel after that workout. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. 
So with building a brand and raising a family, what are some common struggles that you come up against now? Say time. And also just, it's unpredictable. Um, Right now, Jackson's like two or three and he's getting sick from daycare. So I don't know how my day is going to (laughs) be. I was, I was praying that he was going to go to daycare today just so I could actually talk to you on the phone (laughs) because he's sick right now. (laughs) But, um, you just have to roll with the punches. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta just accept your, your new life. Try to get as much done when you can. Um, be okay if things get put on the back burner. Um, but really just do the best that you can and don't be so hard on yourself. I find moms are just so hard on them mm. because they want to they want to say yes. They want to please everybody. And I feel like this is a big one for me. I've had to say no. I've had to learn to say no to things mm-hmm. so I, I can that mom and still run a good business and still help the people I want to help. I've had to say no to people. And that's a big one for moms learning to say no so you can now become a priority. I think women in general too, we tend to be more of the, the people pleasers and want to be everything Absolutely. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed, I mean, I, I've never personally had children, but dating Joe, he's the first, uh, the first man I've dated with kids and his kids are older. They're eight and 11, but it was, it was a very different reality having kids and we have them half part time, but I've no, I've noticed it's made my time management much better for the days, the days that I know we have them. And I'm like, Hey, this is the time I have to work because when they come home, I mean, I, I want to make dinner with them and, and, and have that downtime. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It really puts you on a schedule. Yeah. And it's like, how, how did I think I had no time before? <laughs> All the time. I know, like, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, you are such an inspiration for other women and, and I see what you post on social media. Where do you get your inspiration from or what, what drives you to, to do what you do? Where do I get inspiration? Yeah. Sorry, you cut out a little. <laughs> Sorry. Where do you get your inspiration from? Um, I I love to read. I love to read a lot of like of the gurus. So I, I read a lot of Craig Valentine's things. Um, I love following like Bedros, and you know they they really taught me how to um, plan out my day. And um, I feel like a person in the in the fitness industry who has always inspired would be Jillian Michaels. Mm-hmm. I, I always look up to her. I think she's a badass. <laughs> um, and then my husband too. He's always just always on me and, and uh, just be you. And, you know, he's always inspiring me to take chances and do new things. And so I have a bunch of inspirations. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a woman listening to this who's looking to really build her fitness brand and, and really, you know, take things to the next level, what are some, some pieces of advice that you can give to her? Because it's one thing to be passionate about fitness and want to transform people's lives. It's, it's another thing to really look at it from a business perspective. So what are some things that you would want her to know? I would say to figure out what makes you unique because I feel like there's so many um, imitators and there's so many generalists. There's not enough like specialists. Figure out what makes you unique, who you want to help and talk to and stick to that one thing. Mm. Uh, I feel like if somebody wants to, you know, if somebody wants to become a coach, they often say, I want to help everybody. And I think that's a mistake because you really want to narrow down to who you're speaking to. Um, and and success, like specialists are mo- most successful in the end. Uh, I also think that it's really important to just start. Like I, I kick myself not starting sooner. Uh, I sat on it for so long. I was scared. I was nervous. And uh, there's no, there's not going to be a perfect time to start anything. I say just go for it and see where it goes. Hmm. I love what you said there about the first part about niching yourself is really what it's called. 
figuring out who you want to work with and what problem you want to solve. And weight loss is not really what everybody's after. There, there's a specific problem when it comes to that weight loss. And narrowing, n- narrowing in your focus is, is what's going to attract people to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What, would you, what are some of your top tips for, for social media marketing? people are maybe paying too much attention to Instagram when they're building a brand. Uh, I think that you should be visible on all platforms and I feel like you should give more substantial content, if that makes sense. So like blogs and um, YouTube, things that are searchable, uh, social media platforms that are searchable. And again, what we, what we had said before, I feel like you should be sharing information to help who you want to attract. So maybe going a little less on the, the sexy photos and because I, I, I've seen so many girls, they, 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 they want to help women, but when you look at their social media, it's like all sexy photos and probably the majority of their fans are men. Oh my God. Thank you so much for saying that. I just want to stop you there before you go because, and this is one reason why I wanted to have you on this because like what I said at the beginning, I, I look at you as such a great role model for women in this industry. Uh, like keep keep it classy, ladies, keep it classy. And you have to exactly what you said there. If you want to attract women into your business and to help women, women don't want to look at your sexy photos. No, no. They find it intimidating. They might find it a little raunchy, and then they'll—they're not going to follow you. It's—it's <laughs> it's not professional. It's you know, no. and um, you know, you were actually named Canada's most hot and fit woman last year for 2016, and I loved your photo, and it was classy, and it just—it really, yeah, like congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Yeah. What What did that feel like to be named that? You know, it felt—it felt really amazing I you know I wasn't even going to submit that year I I had been in it for a long time because I you know as I said I started in the industry at a at a very young age and I've been following the magazine for so long so the year before I had got to the number three spot and it was just after having my son so I was quite proud of that and I was going to leave it as that and I was going to let you know the other girls come in there and I actually wanted a lot of my clients had shot that year and I wanted to give the opportunity to them. But when they approached me and they said, we wanted to give you the number one spot, you know, it was, it was a shock. And it was also, I also felt amazing because I was being not only recognized for, for myself, but it was being recognized for what I built in my business. So that was, it was a great feeling. And also to be a mom too, like it just, proves my to myself and I guess to other moms as well that you can still accomplish things and and do things in your business and still be a regular mom (laughs) Mm. how did uh how did winning that or or being named that did that change did that change your business at all absolutely um my business did really grow of course there was more eyes on me um at one point we had over like 200 one-on-one online coaching clients. So that was really insane. Um, and I wasn't prepared for that. So I probably should have prepared a little bit better. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, so my business did end up going in a different direction. I ended up hiring out some coaches for help. I had to learn pretty quickly how to automate things a little bit better than what I was doing already. And I also, it forced me into the direction of more, um, product based, programs um you know for people that were contacting me but maybe not ready for the one-on-one coaching so it did it did grow grow my business and it definitely was a year of growth and change for my business last year Mm -hmm. well business growth forces you to grow as well right absolutely and and putting in putting in better systems so You, you've used media a lot to, to promote yourself or to put yourself in front of your audience more. Why, why did you turn to media or wanting to be in magazines? Um, so when I initially started shooting, 
I was just back in the day, I was offered to just shoot for magazines. And, and at that point, I look back and I didn't have any control over my photos whatsoever. I was doing it for somebody else. I feel like when I started my business, uh, I, I chose to shoot with certain photographers and shoot with certain publications in order to get my messaging out, in order to tell my story, and in order to reach more people so I could help more people. And that's the reason why I did it. So when I, when I would hire a photographer, I would hire a professional photographer, I would never ask for a discount. I usually would always do a full day shoot because these were pictures that I was capturing for my business, my brand, um, and I was really careful about um, my storyboard, like what exactly I wanted to capture. I would let the photographer know ahead of time. So I wasn't really shooting for the magazines. I was always shooting for my brand. And then it was really just a nice surprise if they submitted on my behalf. But I never really went out of my way to do that. Mm. I love what you said there about really having a an idea of what you wanted the photos for and choosing professional photographers. I know a lot of girls can think I'm going to do photo shoots and hope that a magazine finds me or or hope that this happens. And you really need to know who to work with and and how the industry works and and really what you want your photos for. And this comes back to, you know, keeping things classy and staying on brand and making sure that you are attracting, you know, that avatar into your, into your brand. Yeah. And I think if you're a fitness coach or fitness professional, I think if when you shoot, and you do want to have that opportunity to land in a fitness magazine, but you plan it out yourself. So, for instance, I would go into a shoot and I would plan out a workout ahead of time. But I would plan out a workout so I could always use it for me and my clients. And then if so, if they did submit it or if it was good enough to be in the magazine, then it was a bonus. Um, but magazines often like that. They like they like if you do a little bit of work for them. <laughs> 100%. Yes. If you just give them the content, you make it so easy. Easy. Exactly. Yes. 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 Now, how often do you prioritize doing photo shoots for your brand or, or keeping some photos up to date for yourself? Um, so last year I did a lot of photo shoots and the year before I, I sort of planned it out in the way of after having Jackson, I wanted to do as many as I could before um, I think about having the second, uh, but I would say I, I try to do maybe two, two to three a year. Mm-hmm. And what do you like using that content for in your brand? Um, I will use it for blogs. I will use it for social media posts, Instagram, Facebook, um, but mostly blogs. Mm. And how often do you write your blog? We'll try to write a blog one to two times per week. Mm. Do you find it hard to come up with content or where do you get your topics from? I don't find it hard anymore. Um, I was, I was actually just having a conversation with, with my husband the other day and I think it's because I've been doing this for so long. So like anything can really be a topic, right? But I find that when people are starting off, it's really hard to, to find, like, to think about what to, to talk about, but I, I usually have some sort of schedule, like, I'll, I'll look at the calendar, and if Valentine's Day is coming up, then I'll do a Valentine's Day um, special recipe, or, um, you know, any, any sort of holidays, I'll work around that, um, but usually I'll stick to things that people come to me for, which is workouts, <laughs> um, how to plan their meals, recipes, and uh, some mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's huge what you just said there. Like, listen to what people are asking you for. And especially your clients as well. If you're being asked certain questions or being asked through different situations or problems, there's probably many, many more people that could use that answer. Exactly. And also just going, people tend to write new stuff, but we've had so many blogs from the past. Like I, I look back at my blogs and now, now what we're doing is going back to old blogs and SEOing them properly. And then they're like basically brand new blogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people. So looking at your old content too and refreshing it and SEOing it properly 
is key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a good thing about having a blog or having that, that piece of information there or a YouTube channel. It's, it's searchable for people to be able to find you. It's great to be able to send that content to your clients and you can repurpose that information in so many different areas. Exactly. I call it an asset for your business because it just grows over time. And Pinterest is really great for that too. Mm, Pinterest is that one platform I never really got into. I love it because you can actually link. So if people, and it's searchable. So if you look up something on Google, you'll probably find a bunch of Pinterest posts um, and then if you click on it, like if you put up a Pinterest post, you can always backlink it to your site, backlink it to a blog or your YouTube video. And, uh, it's organized and it's searchable. Hmm. So actually, yeah, it's actually a really good social media platform to use. It's probably even better than, than Instagram because it doesn't get lost mm-hmm. in the feed. It's like YouTube. It's, it's that searchable content, whereas Instagram and Facebook, it, it's just gone. It's gone, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're trying to run a business, especially on an online business, and if you want to attract people through an online source, there needs to be, you know, a podcast, a, a video system, a blog, something where people can, can creep you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So is your business solely online now? Yeah, it's all online. So even when I started... When I initially started uh, the boot camps, I probably after after those transformations, I had I cut back on the boot camps. I think I only did the Saturday for about a year. So a year into the business, I stopped all in person training and, and boot camps, and it's been online since. So for about four and a half years now, mm-hmm. almost five years. So a lot of people want to run an online business or start an online income stream. What does running an online business look like? You mean an online, like the coaching business that I currently have? Yeah. So people, people want to do online coaching or online meal plans or online training. What does it look like to run an online business? A lot of people think I just have this service. I'll hand people workouts or give them a nutrition plan. I'd love for you to give us a little bit of a comprehensive look at what it looks like to run an online business. Yeah. So before we even talk about that, I think that people should have on, if they want to become an online trainer or nutritionist, they should always have that one-on-one gym experience because you you really know how to work with the client first and plan out their programs. And I mean, I've seen so many people just go and get a nutrition search or Uh, a training cert and then all of a sudden they're online coaches but they've never actually physically worked with somebody so that actually drives me crazy (laughs) I really think you need that experience first and foremost Um, but what an online business you have to have you have to have you have to be really organized with all of your your programming and your procedures because a lot of people think that they can just write up a program and send it over um, but it's so much more than that. You have to have procedures in place. Like people are, people are checking in with you. Um, you need to have, you need to have something that they, they can go and like resources that they can read. Right. Um, I, I think that you should always establish some sort of group atmosphere. So a Facebook private group is a really great thing to do um, in order to talk to your clients um, and what I've been started doing, what I've been doing more recently is more zoom calls and really connecting with people over like, like almost like a FaceTime basically. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people don't think it's a lot of work, but it is. It's a business. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the computer from, you know, I get home from the gym around 10 10 and I'm on the computer till five and then Jackson goes down to sleep at night and I'm back on the computer at like from eight till 11 o'clock at night sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's all that backend stuff that people just don't see. And I feel like running online business has been a little glorified through social media, yes. yeah. but there's a lot of technical platforms that you need to have in place and, and systems like what you said for, you know, leads coming in or getting your clients onboarded or, or those resources available, the, the points of contact available, and it needs to be a structured 
way of running a business or else you end up looking like you don't know what you're doing and then you become unreliable to your clients. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, look, and then there's the whole other side of it of your marketing too. So yeah, you're working with these, with these clients, but you have to also run like a a separate side of the business, which is all your marketing, having that prepared too. So it's really about organizing your day. Yes. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that marketing side. And I love that you shared insight about your blog and about list building. And that's how you, that's how you really run an online business. There's a a point of information for people to be able to follow and get to know, like, and trust you. And then there's that, the marketing of what you actually do and and funneling those clients into your business. Absolutely. It's not, it's not a post on social media. (laughs) No, no, no. And I think a lot of people, starting out they think that posting a post of you know I'm I'm looking for clients is going to get them clients it's actually more of a process to get a client you know it's people aren't going to sign with a poster saying come train with me you know they they do need to get to know you Mm. first so you have to do all that homework beforehand too yeah it's interesting it used to say it was about four to six points of contact on you know through an online platform whether it's social media or an email list before someone actually bought into your business and now that they're saying you know because it's so oversaturated with businesses and everyone is marketing themselves it's about eight to ten points of contact before someone actually really trusts you to to buy into your business believe that yeah so then it's it's, then you have to think about what is all that back-end work what are those blogs and those emails going out and and social media posts on top of it that 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 person is seeing yep yeah and I think people now want more of a personal touch too so if they comment on a picture of yours or if they you know you've seen them like a couple of your posts or blogs then reach out to them and just say, hey, is there anything that I can help you with? Or, hey, here's a free, like, free, uh, like, I have a 10-day busy mom meal plan, and I'll often give it out to them. If I've seen, if I've seen somebody, like, you know, like a few of my things, but maybe he's too shy to say anything, I'll reach out to them. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that, that personal point of contact. And a lot of people, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter how many likes you're getting on a photo. If, the, if those likes aren't, gen, aren't if those likes aren't generating into business, and and those people aren't really getting to know you, the business isn't going to grow. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And I feel like if you're concentrating too much on something like Instagram, people are just flipping through. They're flipping through, and they're going to forget about you like in a second. You know, so you're enter- you're basically entertaining people that don't really care. <laughs> you want to give them. You want to give them the content that care about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's getting people off of social media. And I, I think we've hit home on that, that topic quite a bit through this talk with algorithms changing and, and everybody's marketing themselves. And, you know, you have to be really mindful on, on making sure that you are having those points of contact and getting people off of social media because the business, business is not going to come from a social media post. No, you're absolutely right. Mm. So we're into 2018 now. What are you working on or what are you launching or something that you're really looking forward to sharing with the world this year? Yeah, so uh, we have been working on a, an exclusive VIP coaching platform for women who would like to participate in a photo shoot. So I feel it's, I feel all women, especially moms, have this burning desire to feel confident and sexy and I feel like a photo shoot's a great experience to bring those characteristics out. So we're working on that. And it, not only just that, um, it's going to be more of like uh, assistance and mentorship and branding, like how to use those photos afterwards. What's your story? Um, so I'm really excited to launch that soon. And we're even talking about doing a location uh, retreat. Mm. That's sort of in the time now. I haven't figured out where yet, but... We did. I did one with my strong girls last year in Vegas, and it went really, really well. So we have uh, a lot of interest in doing another one this year. Uh, and then I also have my Lose the Baby Weight program. So it's specifically for new moms. Uh, workouts are time efficient. Uh, they're at home with minimal equipment and very easy to follow meal plan. And uh, I basically designed these workouts from what I did when I just had Jackson. So I'm mm. super excited about that. 
That's, that's so great when you can really just build a brand and build a business around your own personal experience because you you know what it's like, what these women are going through, and, and you can share your story and your message as well. Yes. Yeah, that's great. I'm super well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Jennifer. Where can we find you or creep you or, or contact you if we're looking for more information? Yeah, so my website is coachjbb.com. And uh, that's my blog as well, and that's my Instagram, and <laughs> pretty much all of my platforms, uh, Facebook as well. Just look up Coach JBB, and I'm there. Amazing. So I have one last question for you before we head out. If yeah. you had the opportunity to go back and talk to your 25-year-old self, what would you want her to know? I would, I would want her to know that... I feel like I would want her to know that she shouldn't wait for anything and she should not depend on anybody to do something for her or to build her up. I feel like when I was 25, I was getting all these opportunities to do photo shoots, but I was depending on somebody else and I wasn't really doing anything, anything for myself and to, to make myself happy or, um, I was scared. <laughs> so I would tell myself not to be scared and to really work on what I want to do and to really go for it and not wait. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews, so if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 